Welcome to the Unitarian Universalist Church of Kent as once more we are gathering as a spiritual community that seeks to inspire love, work for justice, and grow together in community. May this be a place where you are your fullest and most authentic self. I would just like everyone to know that I love February. This is my favorite month because I'm a groundhog baby, and so with, with Sandy Bowers, we share February 2nd as a, as a birthday, and uh, this year, Punxsutawney Phil did not see his shadow, so it's an early spring. It's 55 degrees today. Happy spring. He was right. And spring's a special time because along with spring comes the time that we talk about our stewardship campaign. So happy spring. <laughs> so I'm here to say that as the sun's up and it's going to be 55 degrees and we rise and shine this morning, we also consider raising and shining this morning. Because since 2015, this, this congregation has affirmed the values of the UA to be a fair compensation congregation, and we want to continue those values, so I take my hat off to the congregation for doing that, but I also ask, as we're talking today about raising a, a living in community and our covenant, that we take time to consider uh, raising our values of how we support this church, and thinking that for next year, for the campaign, maybe giving a little bit more will help us raise and shine together. So as you want more information about the kickoff. Today's the kickoff of a, of a pledge drive that starts, yes, K is pointing, K is pointing to talk about pre-kickoff. This is the pre-kickoff. Don't tell anyone that you were involved in the pre-kickoff, but starting March 1st, it officially begins, and if you want more information of how we shine together, you can go downstairs after the service and talk to Kay or Marion or anyone at the table. Thank you very much.
plans. How many of you have participated in writing a covenant here at church? Children, not you? Really? Where are your hands? There they are. How many of you have participated in writing a covenant outside of this church community, say at Summer Institute or another regional committee? A little less, okay. Most of us, regardless of age, have helped to write a covenant of some sort. These covenants are guiding principles for how we will be together as members of the particular group or committee we're participating in. They are the promises we make to one another. They serve as a reminder that we are a faith community, no matter if we're working on finances or planning worship. Most covenants mention respect for others, active listening, regular participation, and perhaps confidentiality, to name a few. But what most covenants don't mention is what happens when the promises are broken, when we overstep, when we fall out of right relationship. Now, here's another perhaps more important question. How many of you have experienced conflict here at this church? Come on, be honest. (laughs) I know I have. And if you were part of leadership during the time of our interim ministry, or even if you were leadership adjacent, you experienced some level of conflict. The troubles we encountered during that dark period caused major divisions in this church community, some of which are still present today. And while this was a major conflict felt by the majority of members of this church, Many of us have experienced minor conflicts as well. I honestly think that these more personal conflicts are more difficult to deal with than the larger ones. Conflict resolution is, for many, much harder one-on-one than in a large group. Our congregational covenant asks us to promise to extend hospitality, nurture community for all ages, encourage spiritual growth, honor diversity, and practice kindness. But it doesn't tell us how to do that, nor what happens when we don't. This is one of the main reasons our church needs a covenant of right relations. This type of covenant can serve as the guide for our being together, both in and out of right relationship. We are a covenantal faith community. We have no creed or dogma. We decide how we are together. We write a covenant for every group that we belong to. Let's take the next step and write a covenant of right relations. Come, let us worship together. So I need some help this morning. I need some volunteers, one at a time. (laughs) You're going to come up and tell me what? That I have something on my face. I do have something on my face, don't I? <laughs> okay, just checking. <laughs> All right, who wants to be first? Okay, Joe? So you need to just tell me I have something on my face. No, I don't. I don't have anything on my face. All right, someone else? Ike? <laughs> you have something on your face. What are you talking about? You're wrong. I'm not going to listen to you or anybody. Okay. Yeah, something on your face. Matt, want to wash it off? Funny you should say that because you're the one who has something on your face. (laughs) 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 Meredith, 
spot and place it right here. <laughs> Why? <laughs> Why, Meredith? There's something on your face. <laughs> you must be joking. I'm an expert face washer. I've studied face washing for years. I know more about face washing than anybody else. Somebody else? Ryan? How dare you tell me that? We're not going to play oh, you together take anymore. Your and <laughs> <laughs> All right, someone else? Benny? This is cool. This is hilarious. <laughs> I have something on my face. What's wrong with you? I give up. I'm just going back to bed. All right. Now, uh, who else? All right. Eden? You know, everybody has something on their face. So why even bother talking about it? There's nothing we can do about it. It's always going to be this Wake way. It <laughs> <laughs> All right, one more. Molly. <laughs> I have something on my face. Thank you for telling me. You know, I've been trying to get it off little by little, but I guess it didn't all want to come off. I really appreciate you letting me know. Thank you. Oh, come on. <laughs> hey, give her a break. They're new here. <laughs> all right. So when you think about covenant, which means the promises we make to one another, how we treat one another, what it means to be in community together, and what it means to be Unitarian Universalist, which of those responses was the best one? The last one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Captain Obvious here, right? Yeah, the last one. <laughs> so, do you have a covenant in your religious education classes? Yeah? What are some of the promises you make each other? Joe? Um, one of them is to, uh, to like, um, can't explain it. Um, one of them is to... Like to listen to other people and what they're saying. To listen to other people and what they're saying. That's a really good one, Raylan. Be respectful and not hurt others with your words or. Yeah. Be respectful and don't hurt others with your words. Physically or. Physically or otherwise, yeah. Anybody else? Yeah. Okay. So, listening is one of the big ones. It's important when we're creating a community together to listen to what other people have to say, even if we may not want to hear about the smudge on our face, because that's how we learn and grow together, isn't it? Yeah. Well, thank you. Thank you for all your help.
from the Reverend Dr. Marlene Walker. Who we are as Unitarian Universalists is not so much about what we believe individually, but about what we covenant together. Simply put, a covenant is a promise. It is a specific kind of promise, a promise to come together, to convene. We are a people and faith based on covenant and promise rather than creed or orthodoxy. This has always been true for us both as Unitarians and as Universalists. What we promise is what and who we are, always has been. A covenant begins with a commitment to come together in peace and in care of each other. Covenants are often written, but covenant must be more than a verbal agreement. It must be practiced. Many congregations create their own covenants of right relationship to help guide them in their common life together. Creating such a covenant is about deciding how you want to be in relationship, right relationship, life-giving relationship, respectful relationships with each other. A covenant creates right relationship through partnership. It is rooted in one of the most common human capacities, our talent for making promises to one another. To freely enter into a covenant creates a bond of trust. Defining and strengthening that bond of trust is the grounding work upon which all other work is built. 
The basis of that trust is the acknowledgement of the integrity and sovereignty of the other and a mutual pledge to achieve together what neither can achieve alone. Burton Carley reminds us that the way home may be found only through ordering our relationships rightly. Then we will be able to fully express our purpose and power in the world. Only then can we define from the bottom up our collective mission or purpose as a religious people bound together freely in our covenants. Only then can we form our vision of what our mission requires of us. Only then can we practice our ministry, those actions that implement our vision and bear witness to the mission of our faith. Our second reading is Whose Are You? by the Reverend Victoria Safford. Whose are you? Who carries you in their heart, thinks of you, whether you think of them or not? Whose are you? Who are your people, the ones who make a force field you can almost touch? Whose are you? Who is within your circle of concern? Whose are you? To whom are you responsible, accountable? Whose care is yours to provide? Whose are you? When you look in the mirror in the morning, whose bones do you see? Whose blood runs in your veins? Who are those people stretching back in time? Where did you come from? Whose are you? When you walk out of your room, out of your house, into the sunlight of the day, to whom in this wide world do you belong? Where is your allegiance? By whom are you called? Whose are you? At the end of the day, through the longest night, in the valley of the shadow of death and despair, who holds your going out and coming in? You're waking and you're sleeping. Who, what, holds you in the hollow of its hand? Whose are you? There was a group of Unitarian Universalists arguing about theology, which is, of course, no surprise. But they finally had it, so they decided, let's go see God and resolve this once and for all. I need you to suspend your disbelief a moment here. (laughs) So they found God, but there was a line, of course. The first group stepped up and said, so tell us, God, will there be an end to hunger and poverty in the world? And God said, yes, my children, but not in your lifetime. The next group stood up and said, God, we want to know, will there be peace in the Middle East someday? And God said, yes, my children, but not in your lifetime. Then the group of Unitarian Universalists stepped up and said, God, spirit of life and love, universal mystery, transcending wonder, goddess, holy one. (laughs) Will there ever be a time when we can get all Unitarian Universalists to agree on theology? And God said, yes, my children, but not in my lifetime. (laughs) There is both genius and challenge in Unitarian Universalism. The genius is that there is room for everyone at our spiritual table. Atheists sit next to theists, humanists alongside pagans, Buddhists, 
together with Christians. Each of us is free to address to whom or what it may concern differently or not at all. We do not have a central story or sacred text that inform who we are as a faith. In the absence of dogma, doctrine, creed, or divine command, we are held together by covenant, a spiritual agreement which affirms our mutual desire to love one another and provides a framework of expectations and accountability for our relationships. The word covenant means to come together by making a promise. Covenant has always been part of our liberal religious tradition, our feisty Puritan ancestors, in rejecting the hierarchy of the Anglican tradition, recognized that the free religious tradition could only be held together through a covenantal relationship. The Puritan's covenant, which has been adapted to modern Unitarian Universalism, says, we pledge to walk together in the ways of truth and affection. As best we know them now or may learn them in days to come, that we and our children may be fulfilled and that we may speak to the world in words and actions of peace and goodwill. This covenant is a beautiful statement of what it means to be part of the free church. We choose to bind ourselves in both truth and affection, knowing as our fourth principle reminds us that we have committed our lives to a free and responsible search for truth and meaning and that new ways of being and new truths are yet to be revealed. Beyond our community, we affirm a divine call to live in ways that fulfill the vision of our faith to bring peace and justice to the world. UUA President Reverend Susan Frederick Gray writes that it is covenant that brings us out of isolation, covenant that brings us out of selfish concerns, out of individualism, to join ourselves to do something greater, to become a part of a community that is working to practice love, to dwell together in peace, to seek knowledge and wisdom together, to find better ways to live our lives and live in the world. This is sacred religious work. I strongly believe that the world needs what Unitarian Universalism has to offer, a way of being in relationship with one another that celebrates diversity, invites a meaningful exchange of different ideas, and recognizes, as our Unitarian ancestor Francis David said, we need not think alike to love alike. Imagine, imagine how different our country would be right now if our leaders led with words and actions of peace, compassion and understanding, and an invitation into civil discourse, disagreeing with respect and exchanging ideas instead of the sickening and cruel behavior of degrading, insulting, demonizing, and encouraging violence against those who disagree. Covenant is a noble vision of what is possible and so difficult to live into. It is far easier to get defensive, to cling stubbornly to our beliefs, to discount others who don't agree with us, and to fall into survival patterns of tribalism. I've certainly failed many times to live out Unitarian Universalism's ideals and the values I preach from this pulpit. In December, I got into it with a woman in a store during the holidays after she accused me of being part of the war on Christmas. Rather than show kindness and curiosity, I was very self-righteous. I could give you a list of excuses for my behavior. The holidays are stressful. I was tired and impatient. I didn't do anything to deserve what she said in my favor. She started it. <laughs> but instead, I will own how I failed. I didn't show any compassion. I didn't consider how that woman might be feeling about her life. 
I didn't wonder if she was feeling scared or uncertain about what she heard, what she perceived as a threat, and I certainly didn't represent Unitarian Universalism as a faith of tolerance, where different viewpoints and ways of understanding the world are encouraged. I wonder what would have happened had I chosen the way of covenant instead of being antagonistic. This woman might have had a glimpse of a way of being in a relationship that is life-giving and respectful. I could have demonstrated our second principle, which calls us to practice justice, equity, and compassion in our relationships with one another. Perhaps in those moments in that store, the woman and I might have had what we seek to have in our shared life in this congregation, a tender and courageous connection. A tender connection in which there is compassion and care for one another. A courageous connection in which each person can openly speak their truth and call another back into right relationship when covenant is broken. This connection is expressed in our congregational covenant, which we read for our chalice lighting words this morning. We said together that we are inspired and challenged together to dwell in right relationship. We promised to extend hospitality, nurture community for all ages, encourage spiritual growth, honor diversity, and practice kindness. These are all noble aspirations, but how do we practice these on a day-to-day basis? How do we dialogue about our diverse beliefs, our different understandings of life, and ways of making meaning? How do we engage with each other in making decisions about our shared life and work? How do we manage conflict in a healthy way? Our board of trustees, recognizing the need for a covenant of right relationship, charged the Committee on Shared Ministry to work with you. The committee had planned a covenant of right relationship uh, workshop today, but it was postponed. To prepare for doing this work in the near future, I'm going to invite you to do some reflection about right relationship and covenant. The work of creating a covenant invites us to ask deep spiritual questions about our loyalties and responsibilities. To whom are you responsible, accountable? Whose care is yours to provide? Who are your people, the ones who make a force field you can almost touch? Who is within your circle of concern? Whose are you? Knowing who we care about, who are our people, to whom we are accountable, I'd like us to brainstorm for a few minutes together. What are some practical ways we can live in right relationship? I'd be happy to bring the microphone to you if you'd like to share an idea. And Lori, you'll like to scribe? Good, okay. Assume uh, positive motivation. Okay. Thank you, Claudia. Assume a positive motivation. If you have a problem with someone, you speak to them directly about it, and you call in somebody to support you if you need to, and you have that conversation. Mm-hmm. Good. Thank you, Sonis. Janie? Well, like the children, we promise to listen to each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very important one. Thank you. Katie? Practice forgiveness. Mm. Jimmy? Believe that your conflict can be resolved with your strong will and love. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Believe in compromise. (laughs) Believe in compromise. Thank you, Eric. Okay, I'll be back in a minute. 
Dana? When you're wrong, apologize. Song? Acknowledge our mistakes. Acknowledge our mistakes. That's a tough one. A very practical way to address conflict is ouch, oops, um, which I learned from the youth, right? So when you have been um, transgressed or you feel like you have been, you go ouch, and that's a way of acknowledging, hey, that, that that didn't sit well with me. And the response for that is oops, like that's the I'm sorry, but it allows you to have that conversation of conflict without without with it being yeah without it blowing up right exactly thank you jennifer kevin if someone tells you that you hurt them even if there was no intent you don't get to decide that you didn't hurt them aaron i would add to the listening to listen to understand and not just to respond Mm. good one thank you There's one more I'd like to add, which you've done this morning. Thank you. And that's participate in our democratic process. Participate sharing your ideas, your vision for what is possible, which you've done this morning. So any other thoughts before we? May we pledge to walk together in the ways of truth and affection as best we know them now or may learn them in days to come, that we and our children and our children's children may be fulfilled and that we may speak to the world in words and actions of peace and goodwill. May it be so, and in covenant together, we can make it so. Each month we give away one Sunday's offering to support agencies, ministries, and organizations in the Kent community and beyond that serve those in need. This month's special offering is for no more deaths, no mas muertes. This an advocacy group based in Tucson and Phoenix, Arizona, that seeks to end the deaths of undocumented immigrants crossing the desert regions near the United States-Mexico border. The work of No More Death group happens through civil initiative, people of conscience working openly and in community to uphold fundamental human rights. Their work embraces the faith-based principles for immigration reform and focuses on these themes. Direct aid that extends to extends the right to provide humanitarian, humanitarian assistance, witnessing and responding, conscientious consciousness raising, global movement building, and encouraging humane immigration policy. In the spirit of gratitude for the gift of one another and this community and the abundance that makes generosity possible, we now give and receive the offering as a sign of our shared commitment to social justice and the life and work of this congregation and beyond. Will the ushers please come forward? These words are by the Reverend Rebecca Parker. Let us covenant with one another to keep faith with the source of life knowing that we are not our own, earth made us. Let us covenant with one another to keep faith with the community of resistance, never to forget that life can be saved from that which threatens it by even small bands of people choosing to put into practice an alternative way of life. And let us covenant with one another to seek for an ever deeper awareness of that which springs inwardly in us. And now pledging ourselves to walk together in the ways of truth and affection as we know them or will discover them in times to come, let us go forth in trust and in hope to continue inspiring love, seeking justice, and growing together in community. May it be so. Blessed be 
Amen and Namaste. Namaste.